This is Ross Jones, your business coach with my weekly podcast show, Bold Business Bits, coming to you from Yorkshire. This is where I have a great conversation with a phenomenal female business boss. We share some of the bold stuff they do, lessons they've learned, adversities they've overcome, and the fun they have. And then I'll be dipping into my toolkit and sharing a top tip. Business can be lonely, so make sure you join us each week and be part of our show. So hello and welcome. This is Ros Jones from the Bold Business Bits podcast show. And today I'm joined by the wonderful Marianne Hudu. Hi, Marianne. Hi, Ros. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank you for having me. Marianne, your business is due. And tell me just briefly how you got to set up your marketing business. Okay, so I had been in marketing for around 15 years. So I'd been working as an internal marketer. That's where I would work alongside the leadership team internally to help communicate, engage and retain customers. So I'd, I've never worked on an agency side. I've always worked internally. And then after about 15 years and obviously three children later, which books up your career anyway, I decided that I wanted to do people's marketing for them. And that's where the name came from. Um. Um, so that was my kind of push towards setting up my own business. And uh, how's it been? Um, great. So the, for the first five years, that's what I did. I went in and did people's marketing. But then I got kind of a bit bored with that, if I'm honest. So I was doing marketing for an accountant, a recruitment company, a commercial, a commercial paper and decorator company, an electrical company. So I felt like I was pulled from pillar to post. And marketing different things whereas I'd always been used to marketing one company and then I found that the more I marketed there was opportunities within to un, what I call unmarket so if you can imagine my job is to help with bringing inquiries and then things are happening internally where it would unravel oh, yeah. yeah so simple things like the inquiry process wasn't like it wasn't that lovely warm and boarding process or just one of the team would pick up the phone and go, yeah, 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 I'll get back to you, I'll get back to you, I'm just really, really busy. Oh, my God. And I could hear all these things. And I knew then there was almost like a buffer. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I started looking into what it is now, which is the customer journey and the customer experience. And then I started to evolve my business around this whole concept of the customer experience. And I knew then it didn't matter how much money you spent on marketing, on social media, on your website and all the things that people think marketing is, it could be easily unraveled at any stage of the customer journey, which meant it was expensive, it was exhausting, it was overwhelming. People would, you know, a different sides of the customer journey weren't aligned. And that's what, in the last five years, that's what I've been doing. Helping uh, businesses with the customer journey and the customer experience. Yeah. To retain customers and turn them into raving fans so they get more, I guess. Yes. Yeah. From how you raise awareness, which is the big, beginning of the customer journey, to attraction, converting, retaining, and yes, as you say, creating these raving fans on the other side. So then they go out and tell other people yeah. how great you are. And that's the best form of marketing. Fantastic. I love that. So it's really calming yourself that real niche, but also saving your customers so much money as well. You know, lead generation is the most expensive part of marketing, isn't it? So you're actually helping them keep them. So that's fantastic. Love it. Yeah, and a lot of people go into marketing and they just see it as like this bubble 
and they see it as I need to be on LinkedIn, I need to be networking. Should I be on Facebook? Should I be advertising? We need to do a conference. We need to be, you know, there's thing, it's all these things that need to do everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas what I try and do, I bring it down and I kind of like, let's focus on your best customer. If we work out who your best customer is, we're going to go out and find more of those best customers, whether that's number one, number two, number three. And it just bring, brings it and it kind of narrows it all down. Let's go out and find more of them. Who are they? Where are they? What are the problems? What are you fixing? How are you fixing them better than the competition? And it just gives some people, people that clarity, that peace of mind, um, helps them focus. And then, you know, we work on the strategy and the plan to get more of those best customers. But people talk about the ideal customer. But to me, the ideal customer is a, it's like a wish list. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's like finding the ideal husband or the ideal wife or the ideal kids. They don't exist. But your best customer, the one you love working with, you know, the one that makes you happy, the one that makes you proud, the one that makes you money, you can easily identify who that person is. So once you've got a Sarah or a John or a Jane, you can then go out and think, I want more of those people because you've got a vision in your head of who they are. And that's how I work. And so... Marianne, what is it about public speaking? Now, we were talking earlier, and um, I know that you've been quite excited about getting quite a lot of opportunities with public speaking, but that wasn't always the way, was it, for your, uh, in terms of the things you love to do? Can you, do you mind no. sharing your journey with us about that? Yeah, definitely. And I know where it started, and probably lots of people could resonate with this. So it started when I was at school, and I went to a big, a big, big, huge Victorian type school in the middle of a pit village in the northeast. And I, I have this vision of being dragged to the front of the classroom. And, you know, the teacher had my notebook and it was full of red marks and he was showing everybody and I never want to see this. And this is disgraceful. And I looked at the class and everyone was staring at me and I was shaking. And I'm, I must only been about nine. And so every time I got in front of an audience, it took me back to that time and that sickness and that feeling and, my sh- and shaking. And, you know, I used to go networking. And if I, I had a piece of paper, my, the paper would start shaking. I would hold my hands to stop me from shaking, but my legs would go, my voice would go. I could All I could hear was my voice quivering and my body shaking. And that just completely threw me that I just, all I wanted to do was, you know, is that... <laughs> Like do a moon dance, you know, like Michael Jackson, like walk out, yes. the, walk out the room backwards. Yes. I always want to do that. And it used to fill me with dread. And then I thought, I can't move on from this unless I do something. So I went out to fix it and I read books on it. I had hypnotherapy. So she took me back to the classroom, which was just amazing. And what she, when she took me back, what I saw was... All the questions she was asking me, I, I, yes, I was talking to the, to the front of the class, but the other kids weren't laughing at me. They weren't staring at me. They felt sorry. They hate the, They felt sorry for me. They thought he was mean and he was nasty and he shouldn't have done that. And I thought, I started looking at them that they were encouraging me to, to, to be okay. And so what I started, I did for a few times after that, I just imagined my nine-year-old self was in the room, at the back of the room. He was saying, you're going to be all right. You're going to be awesome. When you get up there, you're going to be fine. And then and then after a while, that just went. It just went. And then I just started to do more and more. And and that's what you've got to do. You've got to push through. You've just got to think, right, I don't like doing this. I'm going to push through. I'm going to read books. I'm going to get help. And now I genuinely 
look forward to it. And I got some help off Sharon Stacey and she helped me with my pitching and to home in on things and to slow down because we, being from the Northeast, we speak, speak quite fast. So she got me to slow down and just touch on certain points. And now I just love that reaction I get from people. And, and that's such a transformation from where I was. Yeah, it's a great story. I love it. And I also, you know, it's amazing that the impact of your very early childhood experiences like that that can have on your whole life. And so many people take that stuff with them to the grave. So, you know, yeah. uh, it was just fabulous that you um, sorted it out, got rid of it. Yeah. You know, and like you said, you know, now I'm getting asked to do these things. So I'm getting asked to do podcasts and ask the expert sessions. And, and then I've got something coming up in Leeds with the Business Catalyst Club, which is huge deal for me. And yeah, I'll have the jitterbugs before it starts and I'll think everything's going to go wrong and I'm going to press my laptop key and it's going to fall over and I'm going to have all these thoughts in my head. But then I know once I get into it, I'll enjoy it. And then it's when you see the feedback of people, then that's huge. That's like, you know, you said what people want to hear. You've done a good job. And then and that just means the world. So yeah, now I'm, I'm asking, I go out and volunteer. I'm like, does anybody know somebody who needs to do a podcast? I'll go on and I'll talk about the customer journey and the customer experience. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. huge transformation. Yeah. Well done. And what about, so I also know, happen to know that you've recently been doing a whole series of webinars about the customer journey, about the work you do. do you, how, how did that come about? What, what made you do that? Yeah, so I wanted to, it was an associate of mine had done lots of work last year in lockdown one, and he'd done three weeks of free webinars, three times a week. And I was heavily involved with a client at the time. And so I didn't kind of, you know, have time to do anything like that. So I decided this would this being our last lockdown, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to leave a lockdown legacy. And I wanted to, so I did three webinars over a week, Monday, Thursday, Monday, attract how to attract your best customers, how to re- convert your best customers and how to retain your best customers. And it was just all around giving as much away as possible. All my expertise, everything I knew, just give it away. And now some people could say, you know, you sell, you, you, you know, that's your crown jewels. Why would you do that? But for me, it was kind of, well, it's a one-off. Come and learn. It'll stop you wasting money. It'll help you focus on where you should be spending your money in terms of marketing. It'll help you understand that there is a customer journey that people take, not to leapfrog from one stage to the next. And once you get that concept in your head, it makes marketing a lot easier. So if there was somebody on that webinar who thought, I like Marianne's approach, great get in touch if there was ever somebody who was on there who thought who was speaking to somebody else who was about to dive into marketing whether that's I need a new website I need I'm going to take on someone to do my social media I'm going to go in I'm going to do some advertising I'd like to think well just hang on speak to Marianne first if I can be top of mind from doing a week's worth of free stuff that's the box I wanted to tick when I decided I was going to do it well done and and what's been the um outcome of that for you was is it early to say really really good so I, I kind of promoted it a month before then I did like a two weeks kind of you know don't forget to book I did the same a week before so every time I was putting something out there I had lots of people saying yeah yeah I'm booking or this is a great session I've been I've worked with Marianne before so that all happened on LinkedIn so that was good I was able to talk about it at my networking groups again or just just more and more people hearing about 
Marianne hearing about do, hearing about my approach in terms of how I help businesses to market themselves, loads of LinkedIn recommendations, just really good feedback, which is what I wanted. I've won work from it, which is, that was almost the bottom of my list of what I wanted, but the fact that I've won work from it is a, was a, 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 a bonus. So yeah, I was really chuffed that I did it. And you know what? If you watched it, there might be some times where it was a little bit raw, but I think that's a beauty of lockdown where we've seen news news readers, we've seen presenters with the kids walking in the room, we've seen people's kitchens. It doesn't matter. That as well is a great way to look at marketing. You don't have to have the big budgets. That authenticity that you do is, is actually better because people can relate to that. Yes. And I do believe, Ros, people are within are the best marketers. Yeah. Because you know your products or services better than anyone else. It's such a great story, Marianne. And I, and I do, and I love, and I've looked just, you know, in the short time that we've known each other, just watching your journey is just wonderful to, to see. But um, what about a time of adversity? We've all had these things. Do you mind sharing a time of adversity in your in your life or your business that that um, and what came of it? Yeah. So if we go back this time last year. Yeah, and we'd all heard of this pandemic and it was kind of in other countries and it was in Asia yeah. and there was in Italy and it wasn't didn't really affect us. And then I just before that, maybe the back end towards 2019, I'd kind of really found my niche. I was, you know, if you can imagine you've got sales, you've got marketing and you've got the customer experience. Nobody was doing this customer experience B2B. People saw the customer experience for hotels, that's for restaurants, that's for pubs. And I yeah, I found it. This is brilliant. My clients were loving it. it was and then 2020 hit, boom, just, and I, and I literally woke up thinking, what am I going to do? I've got 20 years marketing experience. I have not got a clue what to say to my clients. How do you market in a pandemic? I, I didn't know. I knew they would be expecting me to help them market the business when it just felt like the world had stopped. So I did what came naturally to me, which was just to pick up the phone and speak to all my clients and just say to them, look, I'm here for you. I'm going to be totally honest. It isn't the right time to market. It's not the right time to sell. What you need to do is get on the phone to all your clients and just ask them, how are you? Just find out how are you? That's a simple approach. And then from that, I started putting LinkedIn messages out there, giving top tips so use the time, use the time to review your inquiry system, your onboarding system, your customer care program, your complaints procedure. Use the time to work on your website. Use the time to articulate your products and services. Change your website copy. Use the time to regroup with your team. Keep in touch with your team all the time. Keep in touch with your customers all the time. And the more I put those top tips on, the more people were coming back and saying, these are the great tips, Marianne. This is all. Once again, Marianne comes out with this advice and I started to see myself as a little bit of a thought leader, like in this area of customer experience and retention and looking after your clients. So the more I put out, the more engagement I got. And I start thinking, whoa, I wanted something here. This is really formulating what I wanted to be last year anyway. From that, I've created online. Everything's done online now. I've got clients not just in Yorkshire. So what it's done for my business, it's got me out there. It's got Do's concept out there. It's won me clients, not you know that I can work with nationally. I can, I don't even have to visit there. I don't even have to meet them personally. I can do this. So, if 2020 hadn't happened, I would have just been doing the same stuff that I was doing. It's actually, you know, I know for some people it's made make make or break, but for me it's made do, definitely. 
but I think that's because I could have just laid in bed and put the duvet over my head. Yeah. So I'm going to do what comes naturally, which is just ring people and how are you? Yeah. And it's gone from there. There is a lot to be said about just being you. Everybody else is taken. Yeah. And I, I talked about this in my um, webinar. I don't know if you can remember the Tesco ad. So the Tesco Christmas ad, TV, TV advertisement. When I saw that advert, I thought that is genius. It talked about Captain Tom. It talked about the NHS. It talked about the fun things, you know, that people. Oh, yeah, were, I do remember that. Yeah, it was absolutely genius. It was just they had really touched you know, the tapped into the way everyone was feeling. And this is this empathy marketing, you know, the, but they made it humorous. And it was, I think it was at Christmas time, we were allowed to laugh again. And we were, we were allowed to just, oh. and it was just genius. But then you'll see other adverts that, you know, there was one on LinkedIn, it was a bank and they were selling, you know, like holidays and you can win this holiday. And it's like, who's going on holiday at the moment? They'd forgotten what was, so I say to my clients, get inside your customers' heads. And what happened, what's happening in March is different than what happened in January. It's different than what happened in November. Marketing has never been like that before. You could plan three-month campaigns. You could plan a 12-month communications plan. Now things are just changing all the time. And if you think back, Roz, to the first lockdown, every single day there was something, there was an announcement every day. And, you know, two of my clients were doing videos. So an accountant and a HR company were literally taking Boris's stuff and then they were doing videos or doing emails. This is what, it, this is the breakdown. This is what it means to your business. They were reacting. And that is the best thing to do in terms of marketing during that time. So I think this year has shown us that we have to, you know, adapt our marketing to the customer and their needs more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Sound advice, Mary. So, what about what's next then for you? Okay, so um, I am really kind of focusing on. I know now what makes do different. So, you know, we're both book nerds. We like our books, don't we? So, one of the books that um, you know I would recommend to anyone to get is this: the Blue Ocean Strategy. And the Blue Ocean Strategy talks about there's a blue ocean and there's a red ocean. So the red ocean would be where all my marketing consultants are or marketing agencies are and they're fighting for the same customer. I think I'm in the blue, oh, I am in the blue ocean. I'm swimming away from all that lot. And I've come up with this concept that people can buy into. So the next stage for me, I've now got an operations manager. Now I've got a, a virtual project manager and I've got a content writer. And it's now going out to the masses to say, you are the best marketers. I can, I'm going to help you plan out your customer journey, spot the gaps, work on the opportunities and really push through forward now. So new website, new brand, all those things that to say that was due before, this is due now. And I just can't wait. And I, I'd love to do a online version that people can anywhere in the world can tap into. So that's, one of my things for 2021, and I'd love to write a book. There's nothing stopping you. No, and I've said it here now, Ros, so this time next year you can say to me, where's this book, Marianne? Well, I'm sharing with you as well. I'm writing a book. I'm 20,000 20, words in. Well, you're more than me. <laughs> <laughs> Racing on. <laughs> so, Marianne, thank you so much.
for uh, sharing your story. But before I let you go, so one of the things I like to ask my guests is, what's your advice for? So I am, I am that uh, 21 year old out to start my business. What advice would you give to me? It's really interesting that you've asked me that question because a couple of weeks ago, one of my friends sent me a screen grab from a, a young girl called Lydia who was a marketing graduate. She was 21. And um, Alison said to me, Marianne, have you seen this? And she'd put an advert out there as a copywriter. And she, she said she was a graduate and she was just looking for work experience to get her first step up. Well, she was based in Geisley, where I live. I thought, yeah, I'll have a chat. Well, love to be some kind of mentor if she just wants to sound off to somebody. So the advice I would give from that is just to seek out, you know, understand what you want to do and just seek out different people who can help you on your first step and take that advice. You know, I know young people think they know everything, but they don't. You know, I've got three grown up children. Now and then when they do come to me for advice, it's good because I'm like, you know, I'm not just your mom. I do know these things. So I would say to anyone at that age, seek out the experts, find out about their journey, about, you know, what went wrong, when, you know, like the similar question you asked me about adversity and um, just learn from those people. So, yeah, two pieces of advice. Know what you're flagging the sand is, know where you want to go, but speak to the people who can help. So whether that is marketing, whether that is, you know, legal or accountancy, pick up the phone because people of our age group love to help because we were at that age. I remember writing lots and lots of letters off to companies and the companies that, when I did get a reply, it was amazing. And then companies you'd never hear of before, it was really disheartening. I, and that's why I wanted to give Lydia a chance. And Lydia's now writing content for my clients, which for me to give back is amazing. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks, Marion. Been- no, thank you. Thank you for having me, Roz. In our conversation, Marianne shared her experience about how amazing it felt to give back when she gave her time as a mentor to the young copywriter. And so it made me think about, you know, we talk about giving back and how important it is and how amazing it is, but actually, what are the benefits to ourselves of giving back? So I had a little look around and and came across Tony Robbins' thoughts on giving back. He talks about giving back to the community and he says, what's the first thing you want to do when you receive incredible news? You reach out to someone who's important to you to share. And then what do you do when something terrible happens? Hopefully you reach out to a loved one for support. We rely on the people around us for emotional support during good and bad times. As much as this need for connection is ingrained in us, it also goes the other way. And this is the essence of giving back to the community, supporting others in the ups and downs of life, just as they support you. Why is it important to give back to the community? Because Tony says, the secret to living is giving. I love that. The secret to living is giving. True fulfilment doesn't lie in material possessions. Real meaning in life never comes from what you get. It comes from what you give. Do you want to make a difference in the lives of others? So, The importance of giving back to society, Tony says, can't be understated. When you give back, you're able to better the lives of people around you, your loved ones, the people in your community, or the lives of people somewhere else in the world. And finding meaning by giving back to the community doesn't just benefit others, it actually benefits you. It improves your mental health. So research has shown that volunteering increases happiness and decreases depression and other psychological distress. Why? 
the science of happiness. When we volunteer, the brain rewards us with so-called happy chemicals that make us feel good in both the short and the long term. It improves our physical health. If you want to live longer, volunteering is also good for your physical health. Studies have linked it with lower risk for hypertension and decreased mortality risk, among other health benefits. And if you do something that involves physical activity, obviously that gives you even more health benefits. It expands your network. So surrounding yourself with good people is key to achieving your dreams and you're guaranteed to meet like-minded people while volunteering. Treat volunteering like a networking opportunity and you never know who you'll meet. You can develop new skills because we know if you're not growing, you're dying. So whether you're learning how to build a house or gaining soft skills like public speaking or just getting out of your comfort zone by meeting new people, volunteering is an opportunity for growth. It can transform your perspective. There's no better way to adopt an attitude of gratitude than by asking yourself how to give back to the community. Helping others can make you realise how much you have to be grateful for. And it fulfills your deepest human needs. As human beings, we innately realise the importance of giving back to society because it fulfills our deepest human needs. Growth is one of those needs. Volunteering also fulfills our needs for contribution and significance, making us feel needed, unique and helpful. So why is it important to give back? Not only will your actions benefit those on the receiving end of your good deeds, but you'll find a personal sense of joy and fulfilment through your contributions and even gain physical and mental health benefits. And once you develop the habit of giving back regularly, even if you're making just a small contribution, it will begin to feel more natural and easy to do so. Always remember, as Tony says, that the secret to living is giving. Start contributing to the world around you today and prepare to reap the benefits of giving back. So this has been Ros Jones' Bold Business Bits podcast show. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to our show and look forward to having you join us on the next one. Bye for now. This has been your Ross Jones Bold Business Bits podcast show. If you'd like any further information about anything we've discussed today, please just get in touch. Go to businesscoachingyorkshire.co.uk. Please join me again next week when I'll be speaking with another phenomenal female business boss with Bold Business Bits. And remember to subscribe to my show. Thanks for listening.